0: Greetings from Christendom College here in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. I hope and pray all is well with you and with those whom you love. You know, just because a pope has died and is gone, that doesn't mean that his person or that his teaching have become irrelevant or dated suddenly, especially when that pope happens to be a canonized saint. You know, just this very week, On May 18th, past Monday, we celebrated the centenary of the birth of St. John Paul the Great. And I was delighted to see that Pope Emeritus Benedict issued a special letter to the Polish Episcopal Conference, a letter for his centenary in which he argued that that title the Great should be applied to Pope St. John Paul II. You know, when one sits back and takes time to investigate and study the history of the papacy, It's understandable that one would be somewhat hesitant, you know, reticent about making a historical judgment concerning such a recent pontificate. But even today, we're only 15 years removed from the death of John Paul II. The significance and the achievement of this pontificate, which were worked out on such an incredibly vast scale, simply cannot be denied. He was truly an astounding man. He was seen by more people than any other human being in history. He had over three million people attend his funeral. I was there. It was an amazing experience. Four billion people watched it worldwide on television. In a very real sense, we could say that the entire world came to his funeral. And it revealed clearly the heightened sense of the prestige and the moral authority that he brought to the papal office in these recent times. His papacy was aggressively evangelical. He made use of the media and placed the church right at the center of the world stage in the service of freedom and of truth. I can still vividly recall the evening of October 16, 1978. It was the feast of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque and St. Hedwig when this young and vibrant John Paul II emerged on the world stage in the facade of St. Peter's that evening. I remember when his name was announced, a hush, a gasp was heard in the square, silence. And then everyone began to speak and whisper in hushed tones, recognizing this was truly a historic moment. And the setting was perfect. There was a full moon rising in the sky over Castle San Angelo. It was a beautiful autumn evening in Rome. And what a man stepped out on the central loggia at St. Peter's that evening. A truly a lion of a man. Here was the 264th successor to St. Peter, the first non-Italian pope in 455 years since Pope Adrian VI had been elected. Now he was going to reign as pope for nearly 27 years. That's the second longest pontificate in human history. In order to appreciate the historic magnitude of this pontificate, we have to remember what the state of the church was at that particular time. It was following in the wake of the 1960s and 1970s, a time of incredible social chaos, uh, rebellion against any type of authority, authority in the church, and that rebellion against authority was dominating world history at that particular time. And yet, he was the first pontiff to go out and he actually visited every continent on the planet. There were He made 104 trips outside of Italy and within Italy itself, 146 trips as a pastor all over Italy. And of course, among those trips outside Italy was that incredible trip to his native country, to his native Poland in 1979. That was a trip that electrified that entire nation. And starting with Poland, it was going to trigger the collapse of Soviet communism and their domination in Eastern Europe in such a short period of time. But there's so many other things we can talk about. Who can forget that on May 13th in 1981, just a short distance from the site of St. Peter's own martyrdom, he too was to shed his blood for Jesus Christ. He was to miraculously survive that assassination attempt and go on to visit his would-be assassin and offer his forgiveness to him. John Paul then took that bullet that nearly killed him and traveled to Fatima and set that bullet on the crown of the Madonna there in Fatima. As chief pastor of the Church of Rome, he made Sunday visits to 317 parishes in Rome. Imagine that. There's a total of 333. He visited 317 of those. We recall his proclamation of the great jubilee year in the year 2000 and the millions of pilgrims who flocked to the city uh, at that time. Many have also commented on his incredible brilliance, with his theology of the body and the catechesis of the theology of the body. He gave us the luminous mysteries of the rosary, which completed in so many ways that beautiful Christocentric and Marian prayer. During that pontificate he presided over 147 uh, beatifications, giving the church 1,338 new blesseds, and also presiding over 51 canonizations, including declaring Therese of Lisieux a doctor of the church. You think of all the encyclicals he wrote from Redemptor Hominus, you know, in 1979 to Ecclesia de Eucharistia in 2004. What an incredible teaching pontificate. He left us 14 encyclicals, Evangelium Vitae, is et Ratio, Veritate Splendor, incredible teaching, still worthy of reading and prayerfully reflecting upon each and every one of those. He wrote 45 apostolic letters in which he was guiding the Church into the new millennium, 15 apostolic exhortations on the family, on the laity, including Excordia Ecclesiae, which he clearly defined what is the nature and essence of a Catholic university in all of these he gave the church an authoritative hermeneutic for the teaching and understanding of the second vatican council in addition he gave us the great catechism of the catholic church which has had such an impact in strengthening and awareness and appreciation of catholic doctrine in our world throughout his life he heroically called for the new evangelization who within the church has not felt the power and the depth of his goodness and this man who raided everywhere radiated this incredible love for Jesus Christ and his exhortations continued to ling in the air like a song be not afraid open wide the doors to Christ and let us start afresh from Christ even at the end of his life he showed us how to age and showed us the dignity of the human person and the respect that should be shown to the aged. lastly He almost single-handedly re-enkindled once again in our church a passion for the Mother of God. His motto, totus tuus, all yours Mary, inspired by St. Louis Marie de Montfort. I think when we look at all of these things, even just briefly, we have to add our voice and thank God for what Pope Emeritus Benedict had just said, truly he is St. John Paul the Great. May God bless each and every one of you.